The numbers suggest Giannis might be having his best season ever in the NBA, but yet we're unsure whether he is the favorite for the MVP. There's a lot of other players getting a ton of attention, but ultimately, if you're a Bucks fan, is it just the title that you care about and the overall legacy? We're talking Giannis today. We do it a lot, but we want to dive deep into what this season and the next couple of seasons could mean for Giannis in the big picture. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning, fading shot. Up, good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and we have got uh, not a first time co-host but the first time back in a little while Dan Schaefer who many people will know from the recombobulation area substack newsletter that everyone should be subscribing to but he also does uh, Milwaukee Bucks writing as well and he's got a recent story over at Milwaukee Record that we need to discuss and that is specifically why we are getting into the Giannis conversation today. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts. And before we bring Dan in, I have to thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every single weekday and occasionally on the weekends. Whether it's the old school podcast platform or on YouTube, which we love, uh, we appreciate it. And I have to keep plugging the YouTube stuff because we're doing live pods now. You can jump in the stream. The comments are going off. There's arguments. There's debate. There's also occasionally some nice comments towards myself and the other hosts on this show, which we also appreciate. But we've got a building audience, and that's where the fun stuff is happening. So get on YouTube, subscribe, turn the notifications on, and you'll know when we're doing a show. But Dan, welcome back to Locked on Bucks, first of all. And uh, did I get the recombobulation area plug right? Because that's the most important thing here. You got it right, Kenny. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Good to talk to you as always. And yeah, the Recombobulation Area, we publish on Substack. Write a lot about news and politics and, and all the craziness happening around the state of Wisconsin. But, you know, as a palate cleanser to after the election here, wow. I had to had to get, jump in and write something about my beloved Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, we love that because I, I told you, you're a brave man for diving into the politics, politics stuff day to day. I read your stuff, Dan, because I, I do have clearly a pretty high interest in what goes on in, in Milwaukee. I still haven't been there for, it's hard to believe, but it's going to be coming up three years here in, in a couple of months, which is just absolutely ludicrous. But hopefully I'll be back before we get to the three-month mark, but uh, still a second home for me, so I love it. Before we get into the Yana stuff, because you have uh, got an article up, milwaukeerecord.com. Encourage people to check it out about the Giannis legacy stuff. And we're going to get into the Giannis legacy conversation today. I know the listeners of this show and the wider Bucks fan audience love that conversation. So I want to get into it, but I haven't spoke to you on this podcast for a long time. So the Bucks 18 and six, they just dusted off another team yesterday with a win. They're about to go into Dallas. Uh, what's your read on the Bucks and where they're at at this point in the season in a more uh, broad uh, conversation? 
Yeah, I think you have to be happy with how the season has started so far, especially, you know, given that Middleton uh, has not played most of the games up until up until this week here. Uh, so, you know, the Bucks have the second best record in the league. They're chugging along. They have the best player in the NBA. Uh, they're doing the thing that they have done pretty much every year since Mike Budenholzer has come to town. They're beating the bad teams. Uh, they're getting, you know, taking care of business and they're, you know, playing some really fun, high intensity basketball when they're playing against the top teams in the league as well. Uh, so, you know, second best record in the league out of the gates really well. Uh, and then I feel like they're just going to continue to build this team and get ready for, you know, another really fun postseason run have you uh, been to many games this year i have not been i have not been to a game yet this year no I, on, i've been man. so swamped with with election coverage and all this i yeah. have not been able to to get down to a game but uh definitely we'll be we'll be doing that pretty soon yeah uh, it is i tweeted about it last week but you know, watching the artist on tv just doesn't quite do it justice in real life in person it's an extraordinary experience which brings us to this article as I said, MilwaukeeRecord.com. Make sure you check it out. So, Dan, can you just give us some background of, A, why you wanted to write about this, and then just the general idea of this story centered around Giannis and, and legacy, really? Yeah, I wanted to, you know, really take a step back and look at the big picture of what was going on with, with this Buck season and with Giannis and his career. And, you know, not only just big picture within the scope of this season and getting out of the day-to-day of one game after the next, but really looking at his place in NBA history and the team's place in NBA history. And I started thinking about, you know, you know, this Bucks team, they didn't win back-to-back last year, right? It would have been a tall task for them to win back-to-back. Not a lot of teams do that. And, uh, but they have a chance with the team that they have this year, the, the, the team that they have put together to win two in three years which is which would be a pretty remarkable accomplishment and not only vault the bucks into kind of being the team of the 2020s but would vault Giannis into another tier historically as one of the great players in NBA history as well uh so one of the things that I did in this piece was kind of make the comparison between the bucks and the San Antonio Spurs uh of the Tim Duncan era I feel like that is probably the best historical recent history NBA comparison uh, for the way that the Bucks are structured. You know, they have the Giannis in kind of the Tim Duncan role uh, as being the mega star, the guy who is the, really the fulcrum for everything that happens for this squad. And then he's flanked by two, you know, terrific perimeter players who are kind of borderline all-stars in the regular season and guys who can really go up a level in the postseason. So I think Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, you know, you could kind of make the comparison with them and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. So it's kind of a similar structure with each of the big threes in those teams. Uh, so I feel like, you know, the Spurs were a team that, that never won back to back, but they were able to, you know, they won three titles in five years between 2003 and 2007. So I think the Bucks, you know, are on a similar trajectory there. You know, if they are able to, you know, get back to the finals this year, win another finals this year, they become, you know, a team that is has some of those dynastic qualities that the Spurs does, Spurs did, instead of, you know, maybe one of the one-off champions like 
Dallas in 2011 or the Detroit Pistons in 2004 or even the you know the Toronto Raptors in 2019 or the Los Angeles Lakers in in 2020 they they would move kind of being from one of those one-off championship teams to being something that has larger significance uh, within you know the scope of NBA history, winning two in three years uh, is something that you know doesn't happen quite as often. So uh, I definitely, you know, I don't know. I th- I think that is probably the closest historical comparison, recent history NBA comparison is the Bucks and those Spurs. And I think you know uh, w- the way I kind of characterized it uh, in the piece is that the Bucks are the Spurs, but cool. Yeah, I did like that line. And I guess that's the reference to Tim Duncan and Giannis because as you make that comparison, so first of all, you know, a lot of people would say you're talking about a top 10 player of all time or you know, top 15 of all time with Tim Duncan anyway. So you're not saying anything offensive, but there will be people that will come on, come on, Giannis is more enjoyable to watch than Tim Duncan, whatever it may be, that's totally fine. But the other comparison is superstars that have been in one city for the entirety of their career, which right now is why the Dirk, comparison is apt because it was a little bit longer for Dirk in terms of the wait for the first title but as it currently stands you've got Dirk who is forever going to be a legendary figure in Dallas because of what he was able to achieve there the same is already to be said for Giannis even though clearly the personal or the individual accolades for Giannis already dwarfed that of Dirk but you've got Dirk you've got KG who also won one title a little bit different but that's the type of bracket I guess we're talking that if Giannis continues on this pace, clearly he's going to dwarf uh, all those players. And that's where Tim comes into it, certainly with the the championships as well. So you mentioned the word dynasty, and I want to dive into that a little bit more about what you think defines a dynasty, because clearly this is subjective and everyone feels a different way about it. And I referenced the way that Giannis plays the game of basketball, and there's no doubt about it, that watching... Giannis play basketball as an absolute masterclass, which brings us to our friends from Masterclass, which are sponsors of this podcast today. And with Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best artists, icons, and leaders anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to do uh, maybe a Eurostep. If Giannis was on Masterclass, he would be teaching you how to Eurostep. Maybe Tim Duncan would be teaching you how to shoot a little mid-range bank shot. But on Masterclass, you can learn how, uh, the, the art of songwriting from John Legend. Mariah Carey can teach you how to use your voice as an instrument, or Chris Voss could teach you the art of negotiation. There's over 2,500 classes on Masterclass and 180-plus instructors, so I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give the perfect gift of an annual Masterclass membership and get one for free. Go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. That's masterclass.com slash locked on. And as usual, terms and conditions apply there but uh, don't forget about our friends over at uh, LinkedIn jobs as well Dan uh, this is very important particularly in these days lots of people are looking for jobs but lots of people are looking to hire people and these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available and that's where LinkedIn jobs uh, comes in very handy they have a bunch of different tools like stream- screening questions I should say so you can make it easy to focus on the candidates with the right skills and experience. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Dan, uh, I'm exhausted. 
That was a, a solid back-to-back -back ad read. We don't have it a lot, but we certainly appreciate it. There's no doubt about that. Let's get back to the chat about Giannis, though. So let me ask you the simple question. What do you think qualifies a dynasty? And do you think the Spurs were a dynasty? They won the three in five years, and then they had a significant gap uh, to the fourth title. But clearly, as we know, right throughout that period, they were a highly, highly competitive outfit. Yeah, I think I think they do qualify as a dynasty, even though they never won back to back. But I think really just being a dominant team of an era, uh, mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of where where the Bucks are headed right now. You know, if they're able to win multiple championships too, because if you look back to you know if you, if you go back to that that season you mentioned the the first Giannis's first MVP season was kind of when their title window opened, right? So they win the they have the two back-to-back -back best uh, regular season records. Uh, and then they, they follow that up with the championship in 2021. Um, you know, obviously didn't repeat last year, but had a terrific performance as well. And now this year are poised to, to be in the mix again. So I think, you know, I think if you're looking for a team kind of of this era, I think the Bucks are going to, you know, uh, have, have a real chance to stand out as, you know, perhaps the team. Uh, of the early 2020s. Um, and I think, you know, obviously Giannis is, is the main part of that, right? And in just the way, same way that Tim Duncan was the main part of that for the San Antonio Spurs. So I don't think, and I, first of all, I agree with your point in terms of teams that are consistently up there, whether, you know, it was the Spurs, the 50 win seasons, whatever it was, it was some silly number of seasons that they won 50 plus games. Uh, we know as people that enjoyed watching the Milwaukee Bucks, you generally hated playing the San Antonio Spurs, even though there were some good moments along the way. For year after year after year, it was a brutal experience. So that deserves some credit, but we are in an era where if you don't win, nobody's giving you credit and nobody's giving you credit for just making the finals or just making the conference finals. So just on the idea of dynasty, I think you, you need at least three in a pretty short period of time. So like the Spurs, three and five years. Are you there? If the Bucks win two, are you on the dynasty train or is that to be three? I think, I think you're right. I think it does have to be three in a short, short period of time, but I think winning two kind of puts you in a, in a tier where it's maybe not quite the dynasty that you saw with the Spurs or, or recently with the golden state warriors, but you're in the tier with like the Kobe Paugasol Lakers or, sure. or even like the Wade and LeBron heat teams, or, you know, a number of these teams that kind of either, you know, one back to back or one, two in three years it's it's a different level from just winning that one-off title. And I think that is is really the history that the Bucks are chasing this year. So that's interesting as well. So with the Lakers, for example, so you mentioned the Kobe and Powell team, but clearly Kobe was there throughout and he was also a part of the Kobe Shaq stuff. So there's franchises that can win multiple titles over periods. And Miami kind of did the same thing. They obviously had the two with LeBron, but then D-Wade was a part of the one prior to that. So I think that's something that the Spurs do have going for them is that it was the same trio for the for the latter four. And then obviously they had one earlier as well. So that would be interesting for this Bucks team, which does bring into another part of your conversation when it came to the idea that there is somewhat of a clock on this iteration of the Bucks with Middleton and Lopez. And we're not suggesting that they won't be on the team next year or the following season, but there's decisions to be made. Yeah, you know, Brooke Lopez is in the last we don't we're not talking about it that often, but Brooke Lopez is in the last year of his contract. He's having just an absolutely incredible season. Maybe his oh. best best year as a buck 
uh, just, you know, probably the front runner for defensive player of the year. I hear I've been hearing him on a couple podcasts, uh, the talking about maybe some all-star buzz as mm-hmm. the Bucks second all-star this season. I think that's a pretty interesting uh, possibility for Brooke Lopez, but you know, he's also, he's 34 and he's had a significant back injury in his career. You don't know how long this type of run uh, is going to last for him. You know, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton uh, are both older than 30 at this point, too. Um, you know, I, I expect that their games will age pretty well, uh, all things considered, but you never know. And, you know, with Giannis, uh, you know, just turning 28, he's still in the heart of his prime. I imagine that prime will be a long one, uh, knowing who Giannis is. Um, but, you know, you, you never know how many opportunities, how many different uh, how many different cracks at it this team will potentially get. Uh, so I do feel like there is a little bit of urgency with with this particular season. It's a very, you know, veteran laden roster. Uh, they have, uh, you know, these these role players who are getting a little bit older. Uh, they don't have the what they don't have that the Spurs did have, and especially in the back half of their run, is a player like Kawhi Leonard, uh, mm. who could extend the primes of a lot of those players. Uh, so it's you know it's certainly a different dynamic, and I think there is some urgency with the Bucks title window being open this year that it might not be the same way in future years. Well, there are some uh, Marjan Bochamp stands who are incredibly offended by you saying that the Bucks don't have a Kawhi Leonard on their roster. I've seen that comparison come up in the YouTube comments more than a couple of times. Uh, I think this year there is, or there should be a sense of urgency. And we saw last year, things can change pretty easily with one injury. So part of watching this team, you enjoy it for what it is. You're so happy that they got one in the bank already because no one will ever be able to take that away. But you do get a little thirsty for more. You get a bit hungry for more. And when I look at the NBA this year, Dan, I see Boston, who are quite clearly a really, really damn good team. But I also think that the Bucs and the Celtics are the best two teams in it. And then I think there's a there's a cluster of teams below that that are really good. But there's no prime Golden State Warriors here, which to me ramps up the urgency that, hey, there is something to get this year and it is very gettable. Yeah, it does kind of feel like the Bucks and the Celtics are on this collision course, right? They, you know, came out of the gate as the two best teams in the league by a pretty significant margin. Um, and with the season that that Tatum's having for Boston, that Giannis is having for Milwaukee, uh, you know, you could those both of those players are certainly going to be in the MVP conversation uh, for the rest of the season here. But you're right. I think there is a drop off after that. You know, it, within the Eastern Conference, I think a lot of people were talking about, you know, would Philadelphia be in the mix there? Miami was was high. Lat, uh, were they the number one seed last year? I don't even remember now. I think so. Yeah. Um, but. You know, it seems like there's a pretty significant drop off. I do like Cleveland a lot, but it seems mm-hmm. like they're they're maybe a year away. Uh, they seem to, you know, I really like the Donovan Mitchell addition in their backcourt. Evan Mobley's a great young player in the front court, but it seems like they they're short a wing if they're really going to compete this season, uh, like a three and D wing type of player. I think they could re- they could really benefit from. So I think after that, there's a you know drop off. You have the Atlantas and the Torontos of the world, uh, who are in a very different class from the Bucks and the Celtics. And then, like you said, out west, uh, it's it's different this year as well. We just saw. The Phoenix Suns just get smacked yeah. by Boston last night. Uh, and, you know, even the, as good as the Suns are and as good as Devin Booker has been at points of this season, like I, I don't know if people are really going to trust them in the postseason the way that uh, 
you know, that they, they may have been more optimistic about when they were way ahead of the, the league last year and before that Dallas series. So, so it's hard to say it's not a season with, with, uh, you know, the Western conference is as strong as always, but, uh, you know, no overwhelming favorite to come out of that conference to, to challenge a Bucks or a Celtics, uh, you know, come, come June. Uh, but you know, hard to say. Yeah, Pelicans number one seed in the West. I'm sure we all saw uh, that coming at the start of the season. But we've spoken more broadly about the Bucks um, so far in this podcast. But now I want to drill down a little bit more into the Giannis individual stuff, and particularly when it comes uh, to MVPs. And then just the idea of being a Bucks fan in this era and understanding that at some point uh, this is going to come to an end, and where that sits in the in the urgency for the fans. Uh, with this team but we discussed the Celtics we discussed the Milwaukee Bucks and if you go to betonline.net right now you'll see that they are the two favorites for the NBA title and they're in the same conference which isn't always fun you want the best teams to be separated until the NBA finals you want that path through to uh, the NBA finals if possible but it might not be the case for the Bucks this season and then when it comes to the MVP Giannis is right up there so is Jason Tatum but you can get all those odds at betonline.net which remains the number one place to get odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. And uh, they've always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Giannis has two MVPs in the bank, Dan. And I think, as I mentioned at the top, certainly from a numbers point of view, 30 plus points. He's grabbing his rebounds, he's dishing his assists. Numbers-wise, and certainly per minute scoring-wise, he's number one in the league, I believe. So the Bucs are 18 and 6. So Giannis probably should be absolutely near the pointy end of the MVP odds, and he, and he is. But yet there are Bucks fans, and they're in the YouTube comments every day, and they're furious. They're like, why are we talking about Jason Tatum? Why are we talking about Luka Doncic? And a lot of the time it comes back to legacy for Giannis. And they want him to get the third MVP and they want him to get the fourth MVP. I hope he gets it. Really want him to win the MVP. But I'm always just like, I want the title more than the MVP. I want the finals MVP more than uh, the regular season MVP. We've seen it. I hope he gets three. I hope he gets four. But how much emphasis do we put on that award in the modern era? Understanding that there are different factors that go into it. The voting, the narrative, the storyline all those types of things. Is that something that you really care about? Or how do you view where the MVPs are going to place him in the history of the game? Yeah, I don't think it's the MVPs that is the main thing for for figuring out his place in NBA history. I think it's going to be the championships, the finals MVPs over the regular season uh, MVPs. And I think, you know, like we mentioned, he's, he's on a, he has a chance to to get another one of those this year with the team that the Bucks have. Uh, but one of the things that I did in this piece was really kind of take a look at Giannis's place in NBA history in those all-time rankings uh, to try to get you know try to get a sense of where that legacy is and what exactly the type of legacy he's chasing is. So I took a look at last year's you know top seventy-five rankings uh, that a number of people did for the NBA's uh, celebration of its 75th season. Uh, and Giannis was in the top 25 in most of those rankings. So I took a look at ESPN, had him at 18th all time, and The Athletic 
had him at 24th. And come on, much, Eric, much... far out, Eric. I mean, uh, fair <laughs> income. you reckon Eric's got any? If you wanted to know whether he's got any pull at the athletic, that's proven that he doesn't. That's true. We got to get after Eric. To really, he really does <laughs> not write it write about Giannis enough. And really that's right. Doesn't doesn't have enough to say about Giannis uh, <laughs> over at the athletic. We got to get him to really champion his guy a little bit more, right? Yeah. But um, but yeah. So the basically the placement centered around where Giannis ranked among some of the all time great power forwards in NBA history. Uh, so you know it was I, I think in the athletic had him behind the group of. Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, Kevin Garnett, and Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, and I think ESPN had him at 18th. I think the only one of that group that Giannis was behind was Nowitzki. And so I think fair to suggest, given Giannis's age, uh, that he's probably going to be passing that group, right? So that would put him, you know, pretty firmly into the top 20 of all time. Uh, you look at some of the other big men at that tier in those rankings talking about guys like David Robinson and Moses Malone, uh, both guys who have won MVPs and won championships. I think it's pretty fair to suggest that Giannis is going to pass those guys. Actually, Moses Malone has a pretty, you know, interesting resume comparable to Giannis as well. He won the MVP three times um, and won one championship uh, with Philadelphia in 1983. Uh, David Robinson, he's a, uh, one of the rankings already had uh, Giannis ahead. ESPN already has Giannis ahead of David Robinson. Uh, so I think it's pretty fair to suggest they'll be past that group. And once you get past that group, you're talking about some of the best big men in NBA history, <laughs> which gets us back to Tim Duncan, I think is right in that group. And also Shaquille O'Neal and Hakeem Olajuwon, all guys with multiple championships. So I think, you know, to get to be part of that group, Giannis is probably going to have to win another championship. And I think this comes back to the idea of caring about the Bucs of being a Bucs fan and wanting him to, you talk about just entering his prime, but wanting him to finish this contract and sign another contract, another five years, whatever it may be in Milwaukee. And then you're talking about whatever happens after that. You hope he plays for Milwaukee forever, but if he did sign another five-year contract, I mean, that's taken him to, what, like 13, 14 seasons in Milwaukee, hopefully another couple of championships. I mean, obviously, his legacy and these titles that he can collect is going to count no matter where he gets them done. But we're a little bit selfish here. We want it to happen in Milwaukee, and we want it to happen uh, w with this franchise. So that's where you know, someone like Shaq is interesting, did it with a couple of teams. Tim Duncan, obviously, is a little different because he did them all with the San Antonio Spurs. But... I think that's where it's interesting to gauge the the Bucks fan mindset because clearly there are a lot of new Bucks fans that came because of Giannis, a lot of international fans that have come because of Giannis. But where do you sit as someone that has been through all the shitty days? I haven't I haven't watched through them all as long as you, but certainly well over a decade of bad basketball from this team and not missing a game. So I kind of look at it and I, I just the one championship I you never forget. That'll be something you, you'll have forever. But as I mentioned earlier, you do get a little bit hungry. But I also have in the back of my mind the idea that it's not going to last forever. And I don't want to be watching this team and getting angry about the missed opportunities and just purely thinking about Giannis's legacy because I want to enjoy these years while we've got them because the reality is we don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah, I do think there is there is a sense there that like, 
Giannis winning a championship in Milwaukee is a bigger deal than most championships, right? Oh. The the Bucks were so bad for so long, and the Milwaukee is you know one of the five smallest markets in the league. So I think winning here, the way that he did with the fifty point closeout game, with the way that that series unfolded against Phoenix, Phoenix, probably the greatest finals perform individual finals performance for anyone since Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, I think that is going to raise him up a level just how that title happened, you know, with everything that went into it coming out of the pandemic and out of the bubble and, and having, you know, 100,000 people in the Deer District uh, celebrating that championship. So it is such a special, unique title that I think it is going to stand out in ways that, you know, maybe like Shaq winning with the Heat might not, you know, Uh so I think that is is a quality that is going to work in his favor and his legacy as well. Uh, but you know, I, it's it's you're right. You have to savor all of these Giannis moments while it's happening because we spent 30 years. You know, I, a lifelong Bucks fan spent 30 years watching this team lose uh, before we finally you know broke through uh, and you know started seeing real competitive seeing the title window open. Uh, with Giannis and and you just have to savor these moments while you can you never know uh, if if we're ever going to experience anything like this again so I that's why I try to try to watch every Giannis game and just see savor this guy's career uh, as much as I can and, and watch these games while I can because you never know uh, if the, anything like this as a sports fan not just a Bucks fan but just as a sports fan is, is ever anything like this uh, will ever happen again. Yeah, and that's and I get caught up in it myself. And people listen to this podcast every day. The crazy people, the sickos that listen to this podcast every day, they hear us always talking big picture, talking about the postseason, what it matters. And it's like sometimes you're just going to sit back and say, "Hey, we all get to sit down on the couch or go to the arena, put our feet up, relax." And every single night you go to the basketball, you expect this team is going to win. That's not normal, and we've been doing that for five years. And it's because sometimes you put the pressure on the end result, but overall. The journey to get there is pretty damn entertaining as well. I want to remind everyone to make sure you listen to the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where do you think the ceiling is? One last one for you, Dan. We actually got two last ones for you, but where do you think the ceiling is if we do move aside from the franchise goals and it's all intertwined. I understand that. But in terms of his ceiling for the, the overall rankings, I think you have to be sitting with the trajectory that he's on, that top 10 is clearly within reach. And there will people, there are people out there that will take it even further and say top five, top three, goat conversation. Where do you sort of sit as you've put this story together and, and thought about the big picture stuff? So it's, it's interesting. Didn't I think there was a question in the post-game press conference last night that one of the reporters asked Giannis about that. He asked him about, uh, you know, his potential to be, you know, kind of in the GOAT conversation. You know, I'm, there's no ceiling with this guy. I'm ready to believe anything's possible with Giannis. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, finding – he's only 28 and he's already accomplished so much. Uh, and he is still is getting better. That's the crazy thing about him. I, I do feel like watching him night in, night out, there's parts of his game he's continuing to improve on. Now, maybe the free throw shooting's down a little bit this year uh, than years past. But I think there's still parts of his game that he's getting better and better on. There's the creativity and his finishing 
in the lane is just remarkable this year, the way he can spin that ball uh, and get it in and, you know, finish through contact and, and do so many of the different things that he does. That little baseline fadeaway jumper uh, seems to be getting better and better for him. Some of the mid range game things. So I think, you know, and, and he's also just, year in and year out, one of the best defensive players uh, in the league too. Uh, and I don't see that type of thing slowing down any, anytime soon. So I, I think he has a chance to, to be really one of these all-time greats, to be a top five player in NBA history. I think it's, it's out there for him that this, you know, there's no ceiling when it comes to Giannis. I'm ready to believe anything. I watched him score 50 points to close out a finals game. I'm ready to believe anything with Giannis. <laughs> I agree with you. And perhaps he has the most important trait that the absolute best of the best that have ever done it have had before in that he is a complete psychopath when it comes to getting better every single day and looking after his body. He does everything the right way. And that is the biggest reason why you know that he's just going to continue to get better. And we're fortunate enough that we get to watch it on a nightly basis. Last one before we go. And this, whatever you say to this is not going to impact whether you come back on this podcast. But Joe Ingles was with the Wisconsin Herd today, which means that he is getting closer and closer to a return. We know assistant coach Mike Dunlap just had the little cryptic tweet. Maybe there's a Christmas surprise coming up. It's December 9 here in Australia, December 8 for you, Dan. So that's still two and a half weeks until Christmas. I think, and we mentioned why it was a little bit delayed for Chris, obviously with the family circumstances there, but... Generally, we look at it and say, okay, if you're getting assigned to the herd, two to three weeks seems like a reasonable window. But big picture, are you a Joe Ingles believer for this version of the Milwaukee Bucks? I am. And I, I can't believe we've made it all the way, you know, about a half hour into this podcast before you mentioning Joe Ingles. That has to be a Kane Pittman locked on Bucks record. I agree. Uh, it's all about but, Giannis today, Dan. That's right. Uh I, I'm pretty optimistic about him I, as, as you know, that type of offensive creator scorer uh, off the bench that can really juice this team in second units. Um, you know, I think we've talked, uh, there's been so much talk over the course of the year about potential upgrades to the roster here and there. And, and I think Ingles is going to be the type of midseason upgrade to the roster that is the, the type of thing that you want for a team like the Bucks, and, and especially the type of role that he can play. Uh, I think it, you know, you've talked about this so much in the show, but I think adding an, an offensive threat uh, mm. to this team is, is really what you need because they, they're so good defensively. I think there's, if, if not number one, still one of the top teams in the league defensively, I think their challenge is going to be finding a little bit more offense. And I think Joe Ingles, I'm a believer that he's going to be a guy who's going to be able to provide that. Well, we absolutely love to hear that. And I thought you might say that. So that's why I asked you that question. It was an absolute setup. But uh, one thing I do love is I tweeted a little update, you know, as you, as you do for the Australian fans waking up over here. The news was old news for everyone that's living in the US by that point. But, and just a little explainer, yeah, for perhaps some people here in Australia that aren't in tune with, you know, is he playing for the G League, all those types of things. And the thing that I always love is you get a number of people that will comment or send you a DM or whatever, and they'll be like, you know, congratulations. It's like, well, I'm not friends with Joe. Like, I don't, you don't need to congratulate me for him returning. Congratulate Joe because he's coming back from the ACL. But I appreciate it. People are nice. People are nice to me, Dan, when it comes to the Bucks. It's, uh, that's, that's, that's the main thing. That's a good thing, right? People are, you know, the internet can be a scary place, uh, as I know from covering <laughs> politics in that's the state right. of Wisconsin. Uh, so, 
you know, I'm, I'm probably one of the only people out there who who will write a Bucks column and get a stick to politics tweet, maybe, and uh. coming back. So I get some people who follow me uh, just from my uh, political news and analysis and reporting and all that who will be like, what is this guy talking about with the Bucks? Stick to politics. Uh, you know, I'm probably one of the very few people who ever gets that one. You can do both, Dan. And uh, right. I'm looking forward to flying back into Milwaukee sometime soon, going through the recombobulation area and then uh, catching up with you at a bar somewhere and chucking down a few beers, man, because it's been far too long. It's always Absolutely. good to catch up with you. And uh, I don't know, do, do you have? Do you want to plug one more time? Do you want to get a plug out there so people can subscribe and do what they need to do? Yeah, the recombobulation area on Substack. We're a growing local publication. Come find us, come subscribe. Dan, you're the best, and everyone, make sure you read this story as well and share it and do all those uh, cool things. It's one of the great conversations that, to be honest, I didn't think we would ever have about one of the players playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, so it's pretty cool to talk about a generational superstar. Uh, Dan, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Kane.